0: The way that we run our business, because at the time it wasn't a business, it was a Facebook group. But what we realized was that we were really good at listening to what people needed and providing them with the solution.
1: Hello, I am Joel Ingram, and this is Crisis to Crushing in Podcast. Let's dive into this week's talk, and I'll help to increase perspective, expand perception, and allow you to change your reality. Enjoy the show. Estelle is a businesswoman extraordinaire and co-founder of the Mums in Business Association, MIBA. Estelle started MIBA with her sister, Leona Burton, and in two short years, they've grown the network to just over 32,000 members worldwide. She has spoken alongside Michelle Moan, Karen Brady at the Women in Business Expo, and apparently crushed it. Uh, And she's currently releasing a new book. And I didn't realize how prolific you were Estelle welcome to the show
0: (laughs) thank you so much for having me Joel
1: it's uh, a pleasure my pleasure so Estelle tell us a little bit about what's going on in your world right now
0: okay so like you mentioned um, I am co-founder of the Mums in Business Association and I think um, the stats that I sent over to you we've been trying to get this podcast recorded for so long the stats that I sent over to you are quite I don't know we're growing so fast this is the thing we are growing so fast so Right now, we have a Facebook community of almost 53,000 women, and this spans across the world. We've also launched child-friendly networking events. The first one was held in Leicester in the UK, where I live, and we're now in over 220 locations around the world, enabling mums and women and children to all come together at the same time. We have helped. 120 women become number one best selling authors on Amazon. Wow. And we have released 16 um, best selling books as well. Like you mentioned, <laughs> I'm now, it's, it's been insane. This is what I mean. Well, I, it's just, it grows so fast and everything is just going at such a fast pace. Um, like you mentioned, recently I was on the keynote stage speaking alongside um, Michelle Mohn and Karen Brady, Caprice. Um, we're off to Durban this year to give um, a speech at the Social Media Week conference. So we have so much going on. Um, it's absolutely mind-blowing.
1: Okay. Well, it, it's, it is mind-blowing because I, I, didn't, I was just scrolling through Amazon and on, I didn't realize how many books you had. And then I, I went into the people I've spoken alongside and we're talking like high level, like baron, baronesses and stuff.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely mind blown. I can actually say, um, I love speaking. It's something that just fires me up so much, the opportunity that I have to share my story on huge stages. Um, But I can't lie, I did flap a little bit when I realized um, I was gonna be on stage with, um, like you say, people that have created incredible global businesses. Karen Brady is just smashing Um, boundaries for women all over the world. So being able to speak um, on the same stage, um, I actually got to meet her as well, which was absolutely incredible. So it's just really, um, I keep saying mind blowing, but literally that is, my mind is blown every single day um, because of the opportunities that we're we're going to take a hold of.
1: Okay, so let's go a little bit further from where you currently are now then. So how does it feel, I mean, when you think back to where you were, to where you are now, can you can you is there any way you can verbalize how that the difference in feeling and we'll go into the story of where you were in a minute
0: do you know what it's it's a little bit of a weird one and i was having this conversation with my fiance um a couple of nights ago um i knew as a kid i wanted to make a difference in the world i was one of those like hippie chicky kids that wanted to make the world a better place and i always remember as as a kid that people would like laughing oh okay style, that's so cute yeah um and now i'm actually doing that i'm actually making a difference in the world on a bigger scale than i could have ever imagined i knew as one person that i wanted to make a difference but the fact that i've been able to create this huge community that are now doing exactly the same as i am in helping to change the world we're having just even more of an impact so it's a little bit weird that i kind of had this feeling all my life that i wanted to make a difference and make the world a better place so although it's mind-blowing like i keep saying it's um it's kind of something that i knew was in me from a very young age i just had this i don't know love of the world with all the Rap that goes on i just wanted everybody to you know to do their little bit and i wanted to do my little bit to make the world a better place
1: cool okay so you you touched on it like your younger days what 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 was estelle like during uh, the school the school years
0: oh my goodness i was a bit of a geek i was one of these people that felt like they didn't fit in um and even then i knew i was different so when i see people that i went to school with now and they will say to me, you know, you weren't like that. We didn't perceive you to be like that at school. But inside, I felt so different. I didn't feel I fitted in. Um, my parents separated. So straight away, you know, there's um, a, a family dynamic that put me in, in, a, in a category, shall we say, um, with people who had, you know, 2.4 family. And then there was me who, whose parents were separated. So there was that initially straight off. Hmm. I was always a bit of a weird kid who liked to have her head in a book. I didn't really socialize a lot. I would, even now, because that's something that's stayed with me. um, I would rather, you know, be sat at home by myself than out socializing, which was really difficult because I wanted to be a part of the cool kid gang. You know, I really wanted to be in with all the popular kids, but I just found it so hard to, you know, to connect. And I still find that now, even with everything that I do, I still feel that I'm the weird kid on the outside, trying to connect.
1: I can resonate with that. Definitely, it's uh, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. I don't you know. do you know. What I found? I've had lots of people on talking around these things, and what, what I've noticed, many, many of them, including myself, like in the natural resting state, that introverts. Yeah. But they seem to dip into this world of being extrovert.
0: It's they're, like having a persona. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I remember um, somebody telling me a story about how Beyonce went from being, you know, this um, young girl who was singing in church and she wasn't confident and all of these different things. And for her to be able to put on the show and be Beyonce, and you know, it's, it's totally different to, like you say, the resting state. Hmm. And she has to take on this person art of Sasha Biss. So when she goes on stage, She's somebody different, she's acting, she's somebody different, that's not her. And she said that she did that for a long time until she realized that she had the confidence in herself to become that person. Hmm. And I feel that that's what I do. When I'm home, like you say, my resting state, this is me, I'm an introvert, I just wanna be by myself. And then I switch it into something else. um, Because that's, that's what I need to do. And that part of me is there, it just sometimes feels like I have to let it, unleashed
1: yeah okay so so do you have an alter ego
0: i don't have an alter ego i there is that at the side i I think maybe i need a name i need a name for the alter ego so if anyone's listening and you know has any ideas i need a name because i think it is most definitely something that's within me it's these two parts of my personality that are very very different
1: I, i i sort of resonate with like have you ever seen suits
0: no, I don't watch a lot of TV. No. So this is what I mean. I'm home. I'm working or I'm reading. I, Netflix. I sometimes watch a bit of Netflix, but I don't get a chance to really watch TV.
1: So there's a guy in suits, and his name's Harvey, and he's very suave. He's very sophisticated, and he seems to be very unflappable. So I try and embody him if i got a particularly stressful situation.
0: Yes, I love that.
1: <laughs> okay, so there's a challenge for the audience, whether you are this one. Um, okay, great. Um, so, fast forward a few years now to maybe, I don't know, teenagers. You said that you were a bit of a social outcast, uh, but now you're fully embracing your weirdness. Any stories come to mind from when you're, you know, uh, so comprehensive age?
0: Okay, so I didn't really step into my weirdness until probably my 30s. Hmm. My teenage years were still really, really difficult. It was at this point when I realized that I was suffering with mental health issues. So, that was something, again, that I felt made me even weirder because why would somebody of my age be depressed or be suffering with mental health issues? And at that point, you're you're talking like 20 years ago, it wasn't something that we talked about the way that we do now. And that's why I am such a huge advocate of, of standing and talking about all these things that have got so much stigma attached to them because at the time, it wasn't talked about. So again, I was this weird kid. I was somebody who was drinking too much. I was going out. And like you say, as an introvert, I was going out and mixing with the wrong crowd of people. And again, this was all just having an impact on how I felt. So I was going through like a depression. I didn't understand it. So um being a teenager, we like experiment with drinking and those sort of things, which we you know is a depressant. So I was going out drinking, becoming this um, extremely confident person with alcohol. And then the next day realizing, why did you do that? I feel even worse now. Why can't I be that person without alcohol? And then the depression was there again. And then there would be medication that would just numb me and make me feel that I didn't know how I was meant to feel. So my teenage years were, were quite difficult and that led into my early 20s even, you know, I went even probably, I would say my saving grace was having my son. That was when a lot of things changed for me and that kind of partying lifestyle had to, had to stop. And I, I really do believe that my son saved my life because if I'd have continued the way that I was behaving, um, I don't think I would be here now.
1: Did you, did, you, did you ever have a chance to go back and address the cause of the depression?
0: No. And again, it's something that's um, something that I now know is something that's a part of me and I've accepted it and embraced it and I've educated myself on it. And that is huge. Um, it, it's huge for me. And it's it's like something that I really enjoy talking about to other people now. I don't feel ashamed by my mental health issues. I feel that it's the perfect way for me to be able to educate people. Just this morning, um, I was watching on Netflix having my um, half an hour of chill time. I was watching a program called Pharmacy and it's a documentary about a man whose son was killed in um in a drug deal gone wrong. And it all stems back to the use of um cutting in the States and how this was prescribed and how, you know. People see doctors as being the experts. They don't question when somebody says, take this, it's gonna make you feel better. You don't question it. So at that point, going through my teens into my early 20s, I was doing what I was told. I was just taking medication. It was kind of, sometimes it was working, other times it wouldn't, other times it would make me feel worse. And it was just this constant cycle. And at no point, did any doctor or medical professional ever say to me do you need some sort of talking therapy it was always a case of oh you're depressed here's some medication and that's something that i've learned moving forward that my family we have a history of mental health issues and it is like quite often hereditary so if your parents suffer with that you're going to suffer with it too not always, but it's underlying. And I think people need to be aware of that rather than trying to, you know, put their head in the sand and think it's not going to happen to me. It's a case of embracing it and then thinking, well, okay, if this is going to happen to me, how do I manage it? And that's what I do now. Um, I, I very rarely suffer with bouts of depression. And I think, again, that's because of a whole lifestyle change as well. But I now know there's lots of other things that I can do to improve my mood that don't. In- include medicating myself and that's not to say on the other hand that medication isn't incredible because it is sometimes you need that medication to sort of balance things out within your body and then alternative therapies will help so i'm not for one minute saying you know don't take medication but i think it was something that was important for me to figure out myself that it's not just about the medication it was about all of the other things that were happening at the same time. And now figuring out when those stress factors kick in, what can I do to try and help myself avoid becoming depressed again?
1: I think you just nailed it there. And that's the question a lot of people don't say, is what can I do? And that's, yeah. the, uh, your, your story resonates with me because it's very similar. My mine happened about four years ago. Um, and, I, and I tried, tried the medication. And it becomes so numb. It was like I was a zombie in the corner. I was just observing everyone else living their life, yes. and I thought, "This is this is this is and wrong." It's so no way to live.
0: hard when you're in that situation. So um, I watched one episode of this this documentary last night with my my partner, and then watched the other episode this morning. And he he couldn't understand. He's never been in this situation um, of being given medication so easily. And I remember um, at one point after having my second son, I had postnatal depression. I knew from being pregnant, something was wrong. I'd gone through um, multiple miscarriages between having my son in 2008, my first son was born. My second son was born in 2011. And in the space of like two years, I'd had multiple miscarriages. Um, I had an ectopic pregnancy which nearly cost me my life and straight after that I again I was medicated and this time it wasn't just an antidepressant it was diazepam so for anybody that knows about that it's it's something that relaxes you so if you're okay. suffering from anxiety it's something that chills you out straight away and for anybody that's listening will understand that relief for that feeling to stop you would give anything for so when I, um, I got so unwell after having my son, I begged for the crisis team to take me away and section me because I felt scared for myself. Um, I felt that I wasn't a good parent to my sons. So therefore that made me feel, well, you know, why do I need to be here? They would be better off without me. Um, and I begged them to take me. They didn't, and they started giving me diazepam instead. And it got to a point where they were saying, you know, just take it when you feel anxious, at this point, I was feeling anxious a lot. Like I was feeling very anxious. So I was taking a lot of medication and they were happy to keep giving it me until in the end, like you say, I felt numb. I didn't know what I was feeling at all. And I wish now I'd have had a support network to to speak to because I felt that nobody understood how I was feeling. And when you're feeling numb like that, it's very, very difficult to verbalize for other people. You just want to be in your own space. So I think if anybody is feeling like that now, um, like, you know, reach out to somebody. There are so many, it doesn't have to be friends or family. There's so many different helplines that you can call. And, you know, if you're not getting the response that you feel is helping you from your GP, ask to speak to somebody else. You know, that's your, that's your right as a patient, ask to speak to somebody else, because you know, it's different people have different points of views on on what is good for you. So you know, just ask, reach out.
1: Sure, yeah, yeah. And you always get another perspective. I mean, when I when I realized that life was ticking me by and I was sat in the corner like a zombie, and I went back to my doctor, I said I need to come off these tablets. He said, well, I'll give you a week. He said, figure something out, otherwise you're going back on them. And I thought, well, what can I do? And then I went to the gym, and all of a sudden, just that initial going into the gym for me was enough to sort of, you know, break, break the state because depre- depression is a state. Do you know what I mean, you, you're, it's not something you're constantly in. It feels like it, but it's, 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 it's a transient. It moves. So just as happiness moves and joy moves. So it, it allowed me to then shift my perspective to focusing on training and making sure I was getting up and going to the gym and getting those in to then move on a little bit further and just it's little it's,
0: steps it's like you say, little those steps. little incremental steps so if you're sat there today you know feeling overwhelmed utterly depressed sad do one thing that's going to move you forward just a little bit you can yep. then feel proud of yourself That you, you know what i did that today mm. and just keep doing it and it's going to be hard like i know it's going to be hard like it was hard for me to even leave the house like literally going outside was like oh my god i can't do this but the fact that I'd gone from my house to a car for somebody to take me shopping was huge. I might freak out in the shopping center, but the fact that I'd got to the car and not just stayed in the house was huge. Mm. So I think, like you say, those little steps, make make the effort, even though you don't feel like it. It's, I say this the other day, like, it's like dropping the kids off on the school run and going to the gym. You don't want to do it, but you feel much better when you have done it. So, yeah. you know, you have to like push past it push past that comfort zone because you will feel so much better and it's just one little thing every single day
1: yeah something i become aware of i was aware of previously but i had somebody on recently i sort of just like you know you when you keep hearing information eventually you you hear it the right way and it was about the importance of the first hour of the morning for yourself and and making sure and I, i try and do it i have my you know my training is a non-negotiable now. I have to train because I know I'm a better person when I have trained. I'm calmer. uh, I'm more focused. uh, I'm able to deal with life's ups and downs better. So, you know, putting those non-negotiables in. Meditation, journaling, you know, all those (laughs) sorts of things. All of
0: those things. And do you know what? They're free.
1: This is the
0: best thing. They're free. Go for a walk. Like, I'm the worst person. I hate exercise. I don't want to go for a walk. But once I'm out, I'm like, oh my God, look at the sky. Look at the trees. Like everything is like, just appreciate being outdoors. Meditation, like this is not sitting on the floor with your legs crossed like, hmm, It's it doesn't have to be that. Taking five minutes out, there's free apps that you can download on your phone that will just play relaxing music. There's stuff on YouTube that you can go and download for free. You know, meditation is free. Yoga, you have the yeah. internet at your fingers, i do a 10 minute i don't do it every day i wish i did but again it's like that that you know once you've done it you feel better in yourself 10 minute morning yoga free youtube you know all of these things that we have access to it's just a case of taking advantage and actually doing them
1: i don't i don't you're anything like me but when i look back on where i was i did nothing for myself yeah nothing to look after myself so basically if i'm not Doing anything for myself in in a health way, do I then hold any value?
0: It's like being um the car. So we we talk about this a lot within our community, or or being you know the captain of the ship. As a mom, especially like as a mom, when I was a single parent, if I had crashed and burned, who was going to be there? Who was going to steer that ship? And I think that's something that we all forget about the fact that you know people rely on us. We need to be the best that we can be for ourselves initially, otherwise we're no good to anybody else at all. And whether that's, you know, taking five minutes out to read a book, you know, spending some time with your friends away from the kids, going to the gym, whatever it may be that allows you to have that bit of time to make yourself feel good, is really, really important. That being said, I'm going for a facial today.
1: Yeah, lovely. Yeah, no, I, I get it. it's just simply It took me a long, long time to come to because I used to get overwhelming feelings of guilt like going to the gym. Yeah. Um, either before. I well, didn't used to do it before because I'd have to be in early to get overtime. Come out to work, went to the gym and I, I felt like, well, it's, it's three o'clock now. I should be home with the family, not in here. And that, that guilt was massive and it weighed on me really heavily until eventually I realized, well, hang on a minute. I'm going home now and I'm not the person I want to be. So how can I be more of that person I want to be? And I needed to follow through for myself. And it's, it was a process. You know what I mean, it took a long time to get to that point. Um, it's
0: something so many people struggle with. It's like within our community, obviously we're mums and women. It is huge. And for me myself, it's something that I've been working on. I have um, a hypnotherapist that I work with, and this is something that we still work on. So I'm here seen as this expert and, you know, co-founder of this incredible organization. People think I am smashing it left, right and center. But let me tell you, I bust my balls sometimes. I work a lot longer hours than I should do. And I feel guilty for different things. I feel guilty for leaving the work. I feel guilty for not being there with the kids. I feel guilty for not taking time for myself. And I think what I'm managing to work through right now is the fact that you are a better person. Like you say, if you take that time to be yourself, you're a better person, not just for yourself, but for everyone else as well. Taking that time away allows you to recharge your batteries. And so you can then work on full power.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you can't give them an empty cup. No. No, you need to charge it, fill it. Okay. So where are we at? Probably about 20s, 30s. So... If you would think back to around those times, is there a particular moment where things just seemed to go upside down? I mean, you, you, you discussed here that one of your lowest points was the day that you went to the food bank.
0: Yeah, that was um, that was, I think, the point where I realized things needed to change. And that was because there were lots of other factors that had got me to that point. So the, like we mentioned, the the mental health issues and um, losing um, lots of babies having major surgery um, to save my own life i was in um, a really toxic relationship for 10 years with my kids dad which again was having a knock-on impact to my mental health so just whilst we're on this subject you know the people that you surround yourself with is like crucial it is crucial because if you are feeling low and depressed or in a bad place and you've got people around you that are, you know, not supporting you or, you know, saying, you know, oh, yeah, let's do this. Oh, no, don't bother doing that. Don't bother with your meditation. Come down to the, you know, wherever and spend some time gossiping with me about the lady next door. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's that I remember because those were my friends. They were my friends at the time. You know, I'd go to their house and all they would do is bitch and moan and you know everything was everyone else's fault and it was never you know I'm gonna do this I'm gonna take responsibility so then I was in this circle of people that was just negative and talking all about everyone else and not really going forward in life just being happy where they were and it was when I realized that I need to like change my whole circumstance and that was you know when you asked me about what what changed for me it was a lot of things slowly that was changing for me. So I got to a point where um, I realized that maybe I didn't need my medication, but my partner at the time was not supportive about this fact. Um, He used it as a weapon. He was very manipulative and narcissistic. And he was like, you know, using me taking medication as a weapon to beat me with. And I didn't realize it at the time. It took me a long time. And I started weaning myself off my medication. Didn't tell anybody at all, apart from my sister, who was living in Wales at the time. (laughs) And the only reason I told her was because I said, right, if I start to go crazy again, you need to tell me. You need to tell other people that I've stopped taking my medication. But I feel that I'm okay. I feel that I'm really, you know, at a point where I want to do this. And it was then that I I started weaning myself off my medication. So then when like my partner at the time was like, you know, you're crazy, you need to go take your medication. And I was like giggling inside thinking, whoa, I am clearer now than I have ever been in my entire life. You're the one that needs medication. So, you know, that point of into that, you know, freedom of knowing my, my, my mind was in a good place, then kind of led me to end that relationship which then put me in again, a whole new, um, like it was, it was insane. I'd gone from having this family, even though it was very dysfunctional, I'd gone from having everything on the outside that people could see that you would want. Mm. And by ending my relationship, that put me in a really um, scary place. So um, I had no money, um, I had no like support. I had like a few family members, you know, it was very, toxic Mm -hmm. they they had seen what had been going on in my relationship and kind of you know got to the point of like you know we can't do anything else until you do it so i felt very isolated and that was the point when i had to go to the food bank when my relationship ended um i had 34 pounds a week to support myself and my two children on i risked losing my house and i had to go to the food bank to be able to feed us And that was the point when I realized, oh, my goodness, you know, what am I going to do to change my situation? And like I said, I'd always had this feeling I wanted to do something. I wasn't meant to be a stay at home. mum. That was not what I had planned for my life. I knew that that wasn't going to fulfill me as much as I loved my children. It wasn't enough for me. And it was at that point, once I'd been to the food bank, I thought, wow, you know, this is bad now. And what am I gonna do to change things up and start making positive changes in my life? And it started with little things. I remember the first time that I meditated, I lay on my sofa and I put the app on and this guy was saying, right, so relax. And I want you to feel like my fingertips are slowly twitching over your scalp. I was dying. I was literally laying on the sofa, laughing, thinking how the hell is this gonna work? Like. I don't want to feel your hands tickling on myself. Like this is weird. But I pushed through it and I did it again. And I didn't laugh so much the next time. And then I did it again. And then it got to a point where I was like, oh my God, this is like quite nice. Having that like 15 minutes to switch off and just stop. So that was like one of the first things that I started to do. I started to do meditation. And then I started to look at essential oils and and those sort of things. So there was lots of things going on in the background, shall we say, you know, it didn't, it wasn't just one thing all of a sudden that, you know, I just had this moment. There were lots of things that that happened to get me to the point. And then once I started feeling more confident in myself, my thoughts became clearer. And this was when I decided, um, you know, I need to find a job that's gonna support me and the boys, it was really difficult trying to find something flexible, but I'd gone to college and done three years um photography as part of my therapy for losing my baby, so that was something that had always been there in the background that I'd really enjoyed doing, but never thought I would do as a career but it was at that point when I had to make a choice, and I was thinking, well, you know maybe I need to work for myself I don't need to earn a huge amount of money, I don't want to be you know a millionaire, I just want. To be able to support me and my children and so that's where the idea came from for me to set up my wedding photography business but at that point i had no idea how to run a business like most people when they go into this um, especially entrepreneurs they don't have a history in business it's just a brilliant idea and a skill set that they have and you have to learn the rest as you go and so when I was going through this process of setting up the business and having no idea what I was doing, um, I was obviously speaking to my sister a lot at the time, um, a, again, who was in Wales. So we didn't have that contact. It was just literally over the phone. And I was telling her about all my frustrations and the fact that I needed to learn all these skills to you know, make my business work. And at that time, she was in network marketing. She was at home with her five children. She has like, that's like, we're very, very different. So my sister has five children, has been married for about 55 years. Not really, she's, she's, like, <laughs> she she's, only about, she's only about 32. I don't actually remember her. Like she'll go mad now. She'll be like, oh, you tell them that? But she's, she's been happily married for a long time. She has five children. She was very settled and secure. And I was the total opposite end of the extreme. I was a single mom with my two boys, not knowing how to feed myself tomorrow. So although we were very different ends of the extreme, We had this common goal that we were both mums in business that we were struggling. And we were thinking, you know, if we feel alone, there must be other women out there feeling this as well. And so that was when we decided to set up the Facebook group, which happened in June 2017. And um, we're about to hit our third birthday in June this year. And we're fast approaching 53,000 members.
1: That's fantastic. So you, t- you t- touched on something there and it's funny because we we can sometimes default through life and end up in this place where we're like, actually, I'm 40 years old. This is not what I want to be, you know? But like you've, you've hit that point where you, so you, you had the depression and then you had the, the loss and then you had the photography, which was a skill that was already in the bank. Yep. And then you followed your sort of curiosity to a point where you have you were going down this entrepreneur route And then you shifted your perspective to like, I'm struggling with this. So if I'm struggling with this, there must be other people struggling with this. So it it, it is a, it's it's sort of a crazy story, but almost like it's it's aligned.
0: It's insane. And I never would have thought that this is what I would have ended up doing. If you'd have asked me like four years ago, I, I wanted to be a wedding photographer and I wanted to take beautiful photographs. But I did always have that feeling inside that I wanted to make a difference. And now I've realized that this was the way, um, by creating the Facebook group and we didn't expect it to be anything, anything at all, like what we've created. Like this is beyond our wildest dreams. We expected it to be a Facebook group that would be there to support the mums and women who were going through the struggles of being a mum, being a woman in business, you know, whether that's, you can't get the kids to go to sleep, you're with the half doing your head in because he doesn't understand you've got to, you know, you work for yourself, you've got to keep working. You know, we are there for every, for every sort of scenario. And the fact that we've been able to do everything that we have off the back of creating a Facebook group, um, I just feel really, really blessed.
1: That's fantastic. Fantastic story. Okay. So, um, can you, could you give me um, a story after that point where you've had that shift to the focusing on a Facebook group, um, and then it sort of turns into this other thing? Is it? Is it? What's the story after that? So you sort of it's it's on the way to where you currently are now.
0: Okay. Um There's again, there's so many different points, and we're very like. The way that we run our business, because at the time it wasn't a business, it was a Facebook group. But what we realized was that we were really good at listening to what people needed and providing them with the solution. So anytime our community said, you know, we're struggling with um, visibility on Facebook, what do we do? And we were seeing all these comments, like right now we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of posts every day into the group. Um, and it's been like this since the beginning, but we would look at what were people asking, you know, what did they need help with? And whatever the common theme was, we then created something that would then enable them to grow in their personal life or in their business. So we are kind of evolving all the time. Mm. And I think that's what's made us relevant and helped us to grow so fast because we've just, you know, our our first book, Mumpreneur on Fire, um, we had had so many incredible stories because we're very open about our journeys. Um, My sister was raised, so my sister, I say my, I I call her my sister all the time, she's actually my stepsister and we were raised separately. So I was raised by my mum initially and then by my dad and his wife. And his wife is actually my sister's mum, okay. but my sister was raised by her dad. So we didn't actually like come into contact really closely until our teenagers. So Leona has her own backstory of how she was raised by her dad. You know, we have a really dysfunctional family, just to put that out there, because everyone's sitting there is probably thinking, oh, they had all their family and you know and and you're sitting there thinking my family's crazy trust me our family is batshit crazy too and like we hardly speak it's insane and this is again why we love our community because it's creating the family that you know you might not necessarily have all that support network you don't have and we were getting all of these stories saying you know thank you for sharing what you've gone through this is my story and we were sat there amazed by these women opening their souls to us, but the beauty of all of them was the fact that they all had gone through such a struggle, but they had all come out the other side. And so we decided to write a book. I'd never written a book in my life before. Neither had my sister. We had no flipping idea where you even start. But I will tell you that we went from idea to published and number one on Amazon in five weeks. Whoa. Now, I am slightly embarrassed. If anyone is gonna go and buy the book right now, you're gonna see exactly what you know 100% effort looks like. You're gonna probably be lacking in the skills, but you know we didn't have a typeset. We didn't have anyone to proofread. We didn't have anyone to design our cover. We did it all. We did it all. And we, when we sat there and I was like, how are we going to do this? And I was like, you know what? We'll Google it. And I swear (laughs) to God, that is what happened. I googled, how do you write a book? How do you publish a book? And we took it from there. We just ran with it. And that was our first ever number one Amazon bestseller. And we could not believe it that, you know, two mums, um, had created this Facebook group, and now we were best-selling authors. But not only that, we had enabled all these other women to fulfill their lifelong dreams of becoming authors. Not only that, but sharing their stories and inspiring thousands of other women was just absolutely priceless.
1: Absolutely. That's fantastic. You Google it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's and That's
0: Do you know what? To be really honest, we have an incredible team now. We have a very small group of people who work with us um, at MIBA. But to be honest, there's still things like not, until like not long ago that if, if we needed to do something or we'd be in a meeting and we have meetings with some crazy ass people. I go from picking up cocoa Pops on the floor and taking the kids to school to meeting with directors from Netflix, like in the space of half an hour. And they will tell us stuff. And we're like, yeah, yeah. And then we will come straight off. And I'm like, oh, my God, what did that mean? I didn't even understand. And I was like, we will sit there and Google it because that's what we are. We're grafters and we will do whatever is necessary to keep going and doing what we're doing. And I think that's the thing. You don't have to know everything. You just have to have that willingness to want to learn.
1: Uh, That leads lovely into my next question, which was how do do you deal with and view obstacles in life? Because that's a fantastic uh, way to approach life.
0: How do we overcome obstacles? Um, we are challenged with obstacles every single day. Um, probably facing them head on is the first tip that I will give you. Because you know, putting your head in the sand and trying to pretend it's not happening um, is only going to make things worse. So you know, take on things like straight on, and you know, try and look for a solution to the problem. So last week um, I was featured in the Daily Mail with my little boy. He's nine years old and they did an article about um, boys with long hair. My son has very long hair. It's longer than mine. It's usually tied up in a man bun. Um, But there was this beautiful article, really nicely written. And the day it came out, we had incredible, um, beautiful messages from lots of people. Unfortunately, I went to the website and started reading the comments of which there were hundreds attacking um, myself, my son, the other kids in the article, um, challenging our parenting, um, saying that our kids were neglected. It was absolutely horrendous. And the thing is, you just have to learn to the fact that, you know, you are really in control of you. You're gonna come against lots of obstacles, like the comments, you know, whether it be comments, whether it be a challenging thing that you're doing at work, You know, you're going to come across these things all the time. It's a case of realising, you know, what do I have control of right now? You have control of nothing on the outside. You can't control circumstances. You can't control other people. So what can you do to take back the control for you? So whether this is learning a skill, whether this is going, taking five minutes out before you lose your shit, whatever that may be, what can you do? Take responsibility, take the control back because you will feel so much better. Even if you don't fully overcome the obstacle, you're going to feel better for owning it and saying, you know, I take responsibility for moving this forward in this way.
1: Hmm. That's, that, that is the single piece of advice. If I could give one thing to myself, like 20 years ago, it would be that. Um, and they, so, some of the, the books i read, they refer to it as extreme ownership. Yeah. So if anything goes wrong, it's your fault. Now own it. Now deal with it. Yeah. But I never had that, and I never grew up with that mentality. I don't know. I don't know if it's because it was the sum of my environment when I was younger, or whether it's a learned behaviour over time. Like, because um, you know, with schooling and everything else, where we we're not we're, we own our actions in school, but we we don't own everything. Do I mean? Because we we're, we're shown the way type thing. But that is a is a cornerstone piece of information. It's Extreme ownership. It's so I something love that. that I
0: talk about all the time. You know, you don't have, you don't have control over, over a lot of situations. Um, my kid's dad is pain in the ass. Like Seriously, I thought after we separated, I was done with him. But unfortunately, we have two children together, and he's going to be a part of my life for a long time to come. But I can't change him. I tried. I tried over 10 years. It didn't work so i now have to accept you know that he's his own person he's going to behave in his own ways he annoys the flipping hell out of me but what i have to do is own me and think right okay then he's going to behave like this what can i do to make sure that i'm being the best person what can i do to make sure that, that his influence isn't having an impact on me you know it's about owning me And my choices and the changes that I can make. And it's everybody, I think, like you say, it's just one of information that once people start to realize, you know, you don't have control over other people and what they're going to do and how they're going to behave and what they're going to say, you have to take control of you. And the sooner you do that, it's like an awakening moment. It's going to just free you in ways you wouldn't believe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Absolutely huge. Okay. So, I mean, it sounds like you've got the ability to uh, process difficult situations in a way that's constructive for yourself to move forward. Is there there ever been, even recently, has there been anything you've come up against that you sort of struggled to get perspective on?
0: Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm trying to think of things that are going on at work at the moment. I don't know, you know, I think there's lots of things that go on that you know it's not that i struggle to put into perspective because of the the things that i've learned so i don't like try and allow myself to go into that hole of you know thinking about things too much i think it's a case of learning as you go and knowing that mistakes are good because it means that you're going to change things and that you're going to improve so every challenge is just an opportunity for you to grow whether it goes the way that you want it to go or not you're definitely going to learn from it.
1: Can you speak a little bit more about what you said then at the start, which was, I don't think about things too much.
0: Yeah, I try not to. I try to just let it go now. If, if it's not something I can control, you know, so we, um, we launch lots of different products. We have our membership area, we have our books and trainings and all sorts of stuff. And the thing is to start with, if something didn't launch as well as we expected, oh my God, would we beat ourselves up? And it would be, you know, you didn't do this right, you didn't do that right. Whereas now, I know that I give 110%, and I did way back when. I always give, well, the majority of the time, and again, it's taking ownership. If I know that I haven't promoted something well enough, or I've put out a crap newsletter and nobody's read it, then I have to take ownership and think, you know, did I put 110% into that? But then also, you have to think, you know, if you have, and you put all those things in place to make things work you know don't lose your shit over it you've done everything you can do what will be will be learn your lesson move forward
1: yeah because yeah you, you say when you when you said thinking thinking about stuff could you brought to mind how I used to I'd have a problem and I'd ruminate the problem and I, and I and I would be going over it like I should have done this I should have done that and it just perpetuating the cycle of uh, being unable to escape from it you know but it takes a big mind shift to get to the point where you don't mull your problems you look to solve them yeah that's a big shift you know
0: and i think like you say again it's just gradual you know i didn't wake up one day and think oh my god i'm going to be this incredible person that meditates and i manage my brain and you know all of those things um not at all it's a challenge every single day. Um, And I think that's the beauty of, of, you know, life. Because if life was like great all the time, I think we would probably become, um, you know, complacent. So I think having these challenges makes us um, even more grateful for when life is good.
1: Absolutely. So going off the back of that, these challenges that have come along, they've obviously led to some, moments that you've probably been amazed at where you are can you tell me a little bit about them
0: um the the keynote stage with caprice and michelle moan was probably one of those moments that was absolutely mind-blowing to think that i was being considered um of the same sort of level of knowledge or you know inspiration as these incredible incredible women that was probably for me one of the the highlights of MIBA so far. Um, Last week, we realized that we're now in every state in Australia um, with our networking events. So again, this has not been easy. Um, We we have over 200 locations. So, you know, we have a team of 200 women that run our events for us. That's not easy. That is like extremely difficult to coordinate. Um, Leona, my sister has um, the majority of the you know, the handle over that sort of stuff. I only get involved when is really necessary. But again, we get a lot of backlash. There's like, you know, nothing ever runs smoothly all the time. But on the other hand, look at what we've created. You know, when when the article came out last week, the last thing that I expected was to have any sort of hatred within our community. Outside, yes, totally understand that people are gonna be cruel and say horrible things. But I was mind blown that within our community, somebody had said that the kids looked horrendous. And somebody else said, what do you mean? And she said, yeah, they look horrendous and they look neglected. And that was within our own community. That was within this community that's supposed to be safe and supportive. And you're supposed to feel that you can say anything you want without fear of judgment. And somebody said to me, like, you know, how did these people get into the group? You know, there's like, we have 52,000 people. You know, there's bound to be one asshole. We can't (laughs) kind of, you know what I mean? Out of 52,000 people, I think we've done pretty good. You know, we very rarely have these moments. But again, it's taking, you know, it's looking at it with perspective. You're gonna have the bad things that happen, but you're gonna have the good things too. I was pooping my pants before I went on stage. Um, But when I got on stage, I loved it. I connected with, you know, Michelle Moan and Karen Brady which is incredible, you know, our networking events are very much hard work. And we have a lot of things go on behind the scenes that people have no idea about. But the plus side is, by having those events around the world, it means that thousands and thousands of women are able to come together. So, you know, you have to look at it with perspective and not focus too much on, on the bad stuff that's happening because there's going to be bad stuff that happens in every single part of your life it's just about how much focus are you going to give to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A lot. Of, well, a lot of people can stay stuck f- from the fear of judgment of others. Do you know what I mean? So, imagine if you had done that, you, you certainly wouldn't be helping the people you're helping now.
0: No, it's really, it's really hard, and I think we need to, as hard as it is, we need to lead by example for our children. Mm. That is massive for me. I feel that as adults, we are responsible for creating the next generation of beautiful humans. And when I saw these horrible comments on the Daily Mail, it was like, wow, you know, I hope you guys aren't parents because what chance do my kids have of growing up in a lovely, you know, supportive world when we've got adults teaching children that this is okay to behave like this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I 100% hear you. I say i got three of my own. So I, I try, to, try to lead by example. It's constant work in progress, yeah. even, even down to the way that you... Uh, so I, I always try to en- engage with the, the outcome I want rather than going off the emotion I'm feeling um, because it's easy to react to things. So.
0: Yeah,
1: it is. <laughs> um, okay, so we're nearly there. Um, looking into the future, what could be the most craziest and most exciting thing that you could ex- be experiencing?
0: Do you know what? Nothing seems crazy anymore. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, I we... It's insane to think of where we've come in the last like two and a half years. And I now know anything is possible. That's pretty, it's like pretty scary and pretty crazy and pretty exciting all at the same time. Um, you know, we're meeting people who we never dreamt we would meet, which again is just growing our visibility and, you know, growing our connections. We are launching new books. So again, we're just able to help even more women in, you know, chasing their dreams as well. So I don't know, other than, you know, everything is just going really well. Everything, if if everything continued to go like this, I would be happy, but I know that the universe has some crazy shit planned and I am just sitting here preparing myself, being ready for it because um, I, I literally know now that anything could happen and this is the beauty of like, you know, my story, because God, if you'd have told me, if you'd have told me like seven or eight years ago, when I was in my relationship and, you know, going through the struggles of losing babies and I would never, ever, ever have believed you if you'd have said where I would be now. So I know that anything is possible and that if I can go from, you know, the point that I was at to where I'm at now, I hope that that inspires, many many other people to go in and do just one thing today that's going to change tomorrow rather than just standing still then everything that i've gone through has most definitely been worthwhile
1: yeah absolutely okay that's fantastic okay so where could um, the audience find you and on what platforms
0: okay so you can find me on facebook estelle kiba i am on instagram estelle kiba official or you can go and join the Facebook group. If you are a mum or a woman and you want some support, you can join us in the Facebook group, which is Mums in Business Association. And for any of the men out there listening that still want a bit of inspiration, you can go and check out the page, which is an open page. It's not a like private community. And we share lots of stuff there as well, which is exactly the same Mums in Business Association.
1: Fantastic. Well, Estelle, I want to thank you very much for your time today. It's been a pleasure to have you on and share your story. Yeah. Appreciate your, uh, your willingness to share and be open. And uh, I, th- I think that's, that's going to build the trust that's going to allow this to build further.
0: Uh, it's on- honestly, it's a pleasure. I just hope that your listeners, you know, can take one thing, just, just one thing, anything at all um, from what we've talked about today. And, you know, go forward knowing that today is going to be a better day than yesterday then I've done my job and thank you for having me on here and allowing me to share my story
1: thank you Estelle. so thank you for listening today I hope you enjoyed it my name is Joel Ingram and I am a certified NLP coach I help passionate resourceful and professional people feel stuck and unfulfilled with aspects of life to rewrite their narrative and chronicle a new, engaging and captivating future. Please subscribe if you found benefit. Top Banana, thank you very much.
0: Yay! That was awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I enjoyed that. uh, I got lots of other questions for you. (laughs) But but we won't go into it now. Perhaps we can can connect later on down the road. Yeah. Would Would that be good for you?
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Cool. Okay. Um, Just out of curiosity, so I've told my wife what you do. How how does how does she would she go about joining your group? And
0: okay, she can join the Facebook group if she just goes and she can request to join, and she will have like that will be approved within like a day or so. I think our admin's away on a date night yesterday. She (laughs) went away somewhere, Um, but we will have somebody admin in the 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 group. Yeah. So she will get accepted in there um the facebook page is open so we share stuff to there it's not everything but we share stuff there as well um there's loads of stuff on the website okay. um, mumsinbusinessassociation.com um all the books and stuff are on there in fact our autobiography if you wanted to put that into the link that like obviously tells more of my story it's it's a joint one with my sister yeah. but it tells my story from sort of food bank to creating miba And then there's journals for a year at the end. And then something called the MIBA movement or the MIBA effect, I think it's called. And there's like a hundred comments from women in our group about how MIBA has changed their lives. So it's quite an inspirational read. Um, If you want to drop the link in there, people want to find out more about my story. That's probably a good place for them to start.
1: No worries. Do Do you coach personally?
0: I do. Um, it tends to be more social media based um, rather than business based. I don't really like to get into the nitty gritty of business. Um, but yeah, I do social media coaching mainly.
1: Okay. Um, what would we do? Would we apply to your PA and ask them to send us a request? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. If um, if you send an email to Estelle at Biz, they just like explain to them the sort of thing that you're looking for. Give them as much detail as you can because they will then like feedback to me and mm. say you know what do you think suits so if you write as much detail in there as you can about like what you want to achieve or you know what you want to get from it then she will like converse with me and book something in
1: okay fantastic lovely job is there anybody that you would like to connect with or that you are looking forward to connect with right now <sighs>
0: I've got lots of speakers. I'm gonna be doing lots of podcasts in the upcoming weeks with um, some of the guys that I'm speaking with. So I'm speaking at the photo show at the NEC about social media. um, And I've connected with a few people there. So I'm excited to have them on my podcast, especially because they're photographers as well. So it's like going back to my old joint and being able to chat about that. But I'm still looking, if you know any other podcasters that are looking for guests, um, I'm up to, I think 22. Out of my my goal of a hundred. So if you know of any other podcasters, um, then feel free to throw my name to them.
1: Okay, fantastic. We'll do. Um, if you want to offer it to your sister, more than willing to have her on yeah. if, she, if you if would help promote and then
0: uh, yeah, maybe I'm even sure she would.
1: Maybe we could do a, a, a duo one. Yep. Further down the line.
0: Yeah, No problem at all. I will speak to her and get something sorted.
1: Fantastic. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Estelle.
0: Thank you, Joel. I will speak. Do you know when it's going to air? I'm going to put it into my spreadsheet.
1: Your uh, next Friday. Okay, let me add that in. I'll send you, I'll try and get it wrapped up this weekend and I'll send you the, the link.
0: Yeah, great. Send that over and we'll share it like across all our social media and stuff as well.
1: Fantastic. Okay.
0: Thank you so much. Have a great Saturday. You too. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.